0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shnaz Ahmed, and today is Book Club. Please remember, we do discuss the whole book, which may involve spoilers. Before I bring up our conversation, I wanted to say that your support of my podcast means a lot to me. The easiest way is to buy me a coffee go to buymeacoffee.com slash LLTB podcast. Every coffee you buy me helps keep me alert and this podcast going. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. One more thing. I want to talk a bit about a great audiobook app, Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of this podcast can get two books for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that is L I B R O.fm. And enter code LLTB podcast. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'll add the link in the show notes. And let's get straight to book club. Welcome, everyone, to our book club. And today we are doing Jason Mott's Hell of. A book. I'm really excited about this book because I feel that we have different opinions about this book. That's what I think. So let's just get started. And first thoughts
1: about this book. I just thought it was a really deep and profound book about, I don't know, okay, psychological fiction or something or whatever genre you want to put it, very sad and very, I wouldn't call it relatable, but definitely understandable. My first thoughts, getting into this book,
0: not knowing what the heck I'm getting into. I, you know, when it first started, I thought, oh, author, book tours. You know, I'm thinking in terms of me writing my book and, ooh, cool. And then I'm like, no, Uh hello, this is not about author and book tour. That's just the backdrop of this. And then I'm just, throughout the book, I'm trying to, my whole first thought was, what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? And
2: I loved it, but I didn't know why I loved it. That was my first thought. Um, My first thought was, what is reality in this book and what is not? (laughs) And... All, uh, also it was just really hard for me to get into it and i mean i finished it but it was a hard read for me i think it's this genre i guess that's i guess how it i would i found it to be very similar to black buck which was also hard for me to get into and hard for me to complete and it's just kind of this what do i want to say like really bombastic like storyline and it, that that is really not like i i think it was cuz it wasn't relatable i could hardly find a single element of this book to relate to and i felt the same thing about black buck so it was a difficult read for me and i'm proud of myself for completing it i will probably never try to read it again if i'm being honest
0: <laughs> wow you did not relate to black buck either
2: not really like, hard. I mean, at least it had some female characters in it that I guess I kind of could relate to them when they were in there, even though they were minor characters in the total plot. But like, I could not get into this book. And I felt like there was just not, a, it was so internal. There was not a lot about relational, except for with this kid that you're like, is it a figment of his imagination? Is it part of his psyche? Like, I, you know, and so this was just so hard for me it was
3: hard that's so interesting because I think that is what exactly I liked about it um so I I thought it was super interesting at least so far sorry I'm not done with it but um trying to figure out what's real and then like making those little connections about trauma in the past and how it affects the psyche and how it's like being represented in all of these interesting characters or supposed characters or whatever you want to call them as they come up. Um, So I I think it's fascinating. I'm enjoying it so far.
4: My first thoughts are that I'm very ambivalent about this book. I like an ending, and I felt like there really was no ending to it, so I'm unsatisfied in, in that respect. However, the author intended that, and he seems to have made that clear in the ending so it was his purpose to leave things ambiguous as that is kind of the nature of his existence and relationship with reality so he accomplished his purpose very well however his purpose didn't jive with what I like in a book that being said it was very well written
0: that being said Nina what was the purpose of this book What do you think was the purpose of this book?
4: I think the purpose of this book was to sort of educate people about what it's like growing up to be a Black kid and what it's like to not only be a Black kid, but also perhaps be a Black kid with perhaps schizophrenia, uh, which he has managed quite well through artistic means instead of, you know, being doped up on depicode and Haldol and the usual meds. So I think it's an important book. Its purpose is important and he did include a couple of times an inside view of the police officer's head which was, you know, what the police officers might have been thinking when they were pulling the trigger. So I think it's a very important book because it helps people who are not male Black kids to see what it might be like for a male Black child to grow up in America today.
0: I want other people's uh, thoughts on purpose of the book, but I do want to also know more about this schizophrenia. Who is schizophrenic? I, I missed it. Obviously, it went over my head. Was it the author or was it suit? Because, okay, the author, okay, we really need to talk in terms of genre of this book, in terms of, I know, with um, you said psychological fiction. I'm like, I'm almost borderline fantasy. In my mind, it was a borderline, like a very strange, like the water dancer, kind of a very surrealism. So because of, I was dealing with that kind of a thought, I never brought it down to a very strict medical diagnosis. Oh, this is schizophrenia. Oh, this is this disorder or, you know, so that's kind of where it is for me. So we will talk about the genre of the book and all of that. But let's go back to purpose.
3: I was going to comment about the the schizophrenia, um, but yes, I will give you that comment too. Um, So he says in the beginning, the author says in in the beginning that he had schizophrenia, he was diagnosed um, in the first couple of chapters. I don't remember exactly where, but it was traumatic for his family. And um, he was seeing things that, you know, weren't there. And when they realized it, that they, you know, sought medical care and that kind of thing. So, but uh, purpose of the book. So I, I think, I think for for me, it's how kind of race and maybe racial trauma affects the psyche. Um, and like Nina said, um, it, it's important because it allows people who don't necessarily look like you know the, the author or the characters in this book to kind of get a sense of what's going on in, in, in their head and how they're experiencing this world, because it's very different from what we're experiencing.
0: I missed it. I totally missed that schizophrenia bit. Or maybe I just don't remember it. But uh, yeah, now now that I think about it, I'm going, hmm, that might have clouded my whole, oh, wow, you know,
3: surrealism thing. But well, it actually he doesn't say that it was schizophrenia. He says he was diagnosed. And when he was 14, I was diagnosed with my daydreaming problem. I yeah. saw things. I saw dragons and sunsets and rainbow skies at midnight. I had friends and that, that only I could see and that my dog spoke to me. It was a wild time. It was a bit too much for my, the small country upbringing that I that had, a bit too much for my small life um, country upbringing.
0: See, I read that. And again, I just immediately went into this wow world. Like to me, this world opened up. I didn't look at this book as grounded in our current reality, where we have gravity and things like that. I thought it was this wow world that was touching on all these other issues of race and things like that. So,
2: yeah. Well, you bring up a really good um, point, Shana, is about the surrealism. And I think that maybe that I, I mean, I realized that part of this book was talking about his schizophrenia or his mental health diagnosis, whatever that might be. But I do still think that there is an element of um, surrealism at play. And when you bring up I didn't think about it in the moment, but when you bring up the water, Dancer, that I read that, too. And that does make a lot of sense to me. I see a lot of similarities, although I did relate to that book a lot better. So, I, I think that's an interesting point. And I kind of wonder if, I mean, those something that's in common between the, those three books that we've talked about are all that they're African American writers. And so, I wonder if there is kind of like a literary tradition that is cultural to a certain extent that is maybe just outside of like maybe it's, it's you know, part of the uh, sharing of stories in that cultural tradition. And it's outside of my experiences and what I'm used to in my cultural tradition. And so that could have been playing into why it was so hard for me um, to relate to those particular, you know, particular books.
0: I agree with you. I think there was another book. I cannot remember the name. Gosh, it was these, these brothers. And that it was, again, this oral tradition and story tradition with, you know, Africans and the slavery times and, you know, how it's passed down. So you're right. It might just be a literary thing. I didn't consider it that way. Rufuth, you're next.
1: For the purpose of the book, um, to me, it seems like um, the purpose of the book was like, you know, I think Nina said or Dr. Healy said that, just the trauma, how to deal with it. And we may not realize Uh, when people go through these things, what they go through and how it, you know, results, what are the actual like practical consequences of it. But also, you know, I think to me, it seemed like the, it's just like when something like this happens to you and when you don't have the support of the community and And not like, you know, by by the, by lack of support, I mean, like you are sort of like you have, there's a stigma and that's how you, you're supposed to be dealt with. Then your life is a scattered life. To me, that's how it came out that he, whether it was surrealism, whether it was uh, daydreaming or I don't even know, he, I don't remember him saying schizophrenia, but I do remember him saying like repeatedly, I have a mental condition. So and like daydreaming, but I'm, of course it relates to the same mental uh, condition. But I think to me that was all in, in an analogy to how scattered our brains are when we are not accepted as a person, as everybody around us is has different, you know, birthrights, if you will. You know, so if your color is different, you're not supposed. Yeah, I remember he once said, "I'm that kind of a kid who likes hip hop." In dragons at the same time which to me was like oh my god I had to listen to it again I was like you know this is a full-on stigma that those people can only like hip-hop and they are not supposed to like the fairy tales that the general public so I thought that was the whole point I don't think he was and that's my opinion he really cared about any mental diagnosis he wasn't trying to support people with schizophrenia he wasn't trying to uh, you know basically even like anything anything like book tour or life of an author. He was, he just gave a very scattered life and thinking and uh, lack of purpose or n- reason why there's a lack of purpose by just putting all those elements, even in then he goes, I don't know if I'm such or not. I don't know if such is me, you know, that uh, I think was the main purpose to me. The other was, uh, I think, And that's how I I think he kind of uh, compensated or maybe he told that this is how people compensate that if something bad happens to you, maybe just forget it. And if we forget it, then maybe we won't feel pain, but it goes to such an extreme. And that's what I loved about the book that he tried to forget an important part in an important event of his life where his dad is being shot in front of him he's watching through the window and he's trying to forget it so that he doesn't have to go through the pain and how did that result where did it take him he actually maybe he never had a schizophrenia maybe it's something that developed because of his reaction to that problem you know or i mean to that event such strong event So I don't know. That's how I felt it. That's why I thought it was so deep and it was, it didn't matter. The storyline didn't matter. Nothing mattered. I, to me, that was the whole point he was trying to make. It was a beautiful point. I didn't think about the fact that when you say, is he suit
0: or is he not suit? And Mm. I didn't think about it. For me, I thought in terms of like, when, when you're mentioning, is he suit or not? There was a lot of mention about how people tell him that he's black. Yes. People have to remind him, but you're black. How do you not know that? But I thought there was some mention that he was a lighter shade black, or maybe I assumed that must have been an assumption on my part when people kept saying you're black. And he's like, I am like to think in terms of like, well, maybe, you know, because my shade is so light, I can potentially pass Mm -hmm. is where
1: I went, I never thought that the author was hurt. And- so that's what I think, the identity issue. Am I Black? Am I white? Where do I fit? Do I have to not like dragons? Do I have to be dressed in a certain way? Do I have to react in a certain way when the police comes after me? So I think that whole, the thing about that identity and scattered life and and Nina you said that he didn't conclude I think this book did not need a conclusion because there's we can't say okay he's done and so everybody is cured or everybody so I think that's what the another purpose of the book was that it's an ongoing and you know how they say that you can pass your depression and your anxieties in your DNA and that's how you pass it because you grow up that way and you your kids you know I don't know I'm not a doctor so I don't know but to me, that kind of hit too, that, you know, he was passed on that anxiety from generations and it has become so much that he's lost it.
0: Okay, I'm going to go to Dr. Chen. You've had your hand up for a long time. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Chen, also, I want you to comment on um, Aaron's comment in the chat, yeah. because Aaron's comment on the chat says a little like the beekeeper of Aleppo. And I thought that yes. was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, so I, go ahead. I have,
3: I have a couple points. So yes, um, with I, so I personally I think the author is or the speaker in the book is uh, I think Soot rep- represents his blackness. Um, so there was a time when his father was dying, and that was the same time when the kid was on TV and got shot, and it was Soot, and you know the kid, you know his shot, um, the the father being shot in the front yard with a policeman and everything. And they're watching all of this. And he sees the child as himself. And then later on, this child then comes back and says, I need you to remember me. and I need you to be here. And that's when he starts thinking about, you know, those, and rather than just saying, oh, all these kids are constantly dying. Now he's actually Facing um, some of those things. And I thought it was really interesting too um, about Sharon, the book publisher, and how at the beginning she said, you know, nobody can tell you're black or white from your book. I thought you were white. I couldn't tell. And then she was all upset about all of these kids constantly being shot. But then as he starts to kind of integrate soot into his, I don't know, daily life. Then Sharon calls him and is like, there's this other kid shot. You need to go be a part of this. You know, this is a part of you. You need to go there. Um, And so I think he's kind of changing his relationship um, with his blackness, if that makes sense. Um, that's what I got out of it anyway. Um, but the other interesting thing about the book and in, in Sharon and the um, being able to tell whether the author is white or black is exactly what Aaron was saying, you know, with um, the cultural traditions of, you know, different groups and can you identify them from the book? And one of the points that Sharon was making in this book was that, yes, you can. Um, and so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting corollary, too. But Third point, sorry. And then to the beekeeper of Aleppo. Yeah, I think it's that psychological trauma. And then there's something that um, these uh, protagonists are something that they're not able to cope with that's manifesting itself in a way that somehow helps them to cope and integrate, you know, into their their daily life. And so I I think it was very similar.
0: I think for me, as far as the psychological trauma element of it, I think it was a commentary on... The psychological trauma of just being Black. That if you are born Black, that's it. You are born with an integrated psychological trauma. And whether you like it or not, you cannot escape
3: it. In our whether country, you- yes. <laughs> because like of this in our country yes because of the system that we have set up now but i don't feel like uh, people who are born in africa who are black have that same integrated trauma
0: not in africa sure i think the blackness comes from in america definitely in the united kingdom and uh possibly in europe as well i'm pretty sure i do not know for sure i Growing up, like in India, if we saw an African man, it it had zero negative connotations, like zero. It was, I grew up looking at these men as human beings. That's it. They were regular human beings with, you know, their color of the skin was a little darker and their hair was curlier. That's it. They were fun Every single person I met was like, had this big smile. They were educated. They were, you know, there was this thing. I I don't know. I never, there was nothing about being Black until I came to this country. In this country, especially, I mean, I haven't lived in, you know, but there is a lot of stigma in this country. So when you're born that way, it's a trauma, whether you want to escape it or not, whether you are schizophrenic or not, is it a mental condition to think oh my gosh i'm black this there's a problem is that a mental condition or is that reality
2: oh i was just going to say like i think it's interesting that you mention um how black people are viewed in india because colorism you i know you've talked about your experience with colorism so it's it's interesting to see that kind of contrast you know in your culture but yeah no i i i agree that i think that here in the united states and you know, in some parts of Europe, United Kingdom, that we do still, I mean, that is the trauma and it's a collective, I mean, it is about collective trauma, you know, and how we have not dealt with that really at all as a society, but that's it. That's all I was going to say. Like
3: the the book Cast, I just put it in the chat too, but we all, all of those traumas, like from history that are still playing out today, she lists all of them in that book.
0: Now, Erin and I, we were texting, a friend of ours who used to come to book club quite often. And I don't, I wish I'd pulled up the text. Basically, and Erin, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. The commentary was made. Oh, people said this book is about race and about, you know, shooting and all of that. No, this book is about abuse of women. I was like, what? Wasn't it abuse of women or mistreatment of women or something? Erin's looking it up. And I was like, Huh? What? Because of that girlfriend or the woman he was going back and forth. So
3: You're talking about the Kellys. I you find the text that so, far in, in the book, but I remember the Kellys. But I, to be honest, I don't know how many of them are real. There's this woman that
0: he keeps ask that. There's this woman who keeps asking him out on the date, and he says no, and then he's like, "Okay, I'll go." And then he's like, no, I'm not coming. And then he goes, and then he's just like, no, I'm not coming anymore. I'm done. That, you know, that I was like, is that abuse or is that mistreatment of women? Is this the, is this the mortician? I think I, there, yeah, there was one person. I think, yes, yes, yes. It is the mortician. Yes.
3: Okay. Yeah. I
0: I, I don't see that as
3: being, maybe I haven't got there yet. So I'll Erin's well, <laughs>
0: looking for the exact quote. Uh, she's yeah. going back through a text because I, I might have exaggerated it, but mm-hmm. I was like, this is not so much. I did not
2: look at this. That up. is what she said. Yeah. So she said, what did she say here? So she started by saying, she said she did not like the book. She thought it would be much more focused on the shooting and social justice stuff. That's why she read it. But yeah, she said, I just felt like it was a book about a pathetic, uh, well, the somebody that that was abusing alcohol and um, abusing his female relationships. So, I mean, I think I do think that that goes back to genre, right? Like, I don't want to like <laughs> don't want to make. It. I do know what she's talking about. Okay, uh, and and I mean, I picked up on it, but it didn't. I don't know. In the context of the whole rest of the like craziness of the plot, I was like, this is minor. I mean, it's not that it's not that abusive relationships are minor. Let me be clear. That is a major issue. However. <laughs> There was a lot of other crazy stuff in the book that I was like, you know, I don't know if I would say it's about abusive um, relationships. I mean, I guess he doesn't really have relationships is how it felt actually a lot to me in the book, which I felt like he came across as using those women, if they were real or not real, which, which I agree with Dr. Healy is very unclear how many of those women were real and how many were parts of his Condition or the scattered life that he has given himself, or, you know, what have you. But yeah, the, he he basically isn't present for those relationships, right? Like he's like, let's just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, go along, sort of a thing. And, and it, he doesn't want to converse. He doesn't want to participate in the conversation. Like the one date that he's at the books, at the book um, event, and I don't remember what was she like a, like a journalist or something. And she, maybe she wasn't a journalist. I don't remember what she did, but she just really, truly wanted to get to know him. And it seemed like, and have a relationship with him. And he could not make himself vulnerable. Now that I'm saying that (laughs) it makes a lot of sense in the context of this trauma. He, I guess maybe that was his way of protecting himself. He wasn't letting himself be real.
3: Totally, he he says that like exactly in, in the book he was using the alcohol and using the women as a distraction from his pain. Like he he says it very clearly. And then even with um his when he's at his book signings, what I thought was super interesting is that he kept saying he doesn't even know what he says. He doesn't remember. He's completely not present for like anything that he's talking about related to his book. Like he's he walks into the book signing session and then he walks out and he doesn't remember anything in between. So clearly there's some association going on.
0: Okay, I I thought he was on autopilot because he mentions how there was someone in the publishing industry who told him that these are the answers you have to give. After a while, you start memorizing these answers, and then you don't remember because it's like, okay, you start off at like, okay, What's your book about? My book is about blah, 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 blah. Who's your main character? Blah, 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 blah. And your brain can automatically go on autopilot, answer these questions in a way that's supposed to be good. And that's kind of how I looked at it. Also, with the women really being interested in him and coming up to him and being like, hey, I want a relationship with you and all of that. I personally was annoyed by the women, I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. He wrote a great book. He's a celebrity. This is like women throwing themselves at a celebrity kind of a thing. It felt like that. So for me, I did not feel that, oh yeah, he's just like, okay, well, okay, fine. Yeah, let me drink some alcohol. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Let's move on. I just was a little annoyed by the women too, so-
2: I was just going to say that I could, I thought it was autopilot as well. And him complying with what that per that media trainer had told him to do until you get to the one part, the end where like towards the end, I don't, Dr. Healy, I don't know if this is going to spoil for you.
3: It's okay. It's okay. I'll read I it. Sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> so he says you finally figure out what his freaking book is about which was my question the whole time. And and maybe I couldn't focus on anything else because I was like, what is this book about? It's about the death of his mother. That's what his book's about. And so it is, I think the media person gave him an outlet, uh, a an excuse to use and some answers of, you know, some canned answers or whatever, acceptable answers to these questions. But it was, honestly, he hid behind that and in, in his, again, in his vulnerability. Now that we're talking about this, it, That's what he's doing there. That's why he doesn't remember is because it is associated with his trauma.
1: I was just gonna say about the women. I think Kelly, he kind of used it as a, an analogy, a metaphor for like my relationships or love or whatever. So that's why he calls instead of calling them women, he calls them Kellys. But it was interesting to see, which is more than women abuse is like you know he. Ends up sleeping with married women as well, which was in the beginning he was running. So that kind of I just remembered when you said that. So that's a little something that goes against him, of course. But I think when you mentioned the part where that marketing trainer or media trainer or whoever, I also took that as an analogy. And I know you know that we need those trainers, especially. But to me, it also seemed like okay, I'm told to express myself the way people around me want which again went back to me and went back to the same thing that you know because I'm born with a certain characteristic I am supposed to behave in a certain way I mean it's it's a very big analogy I know it's a huge thing that I'm saying I understand that but you know that's what it seemed like and Kelly's also the women seem like okay again, identity, can I really have relationship? Why I'm not able to have that relationship and things like those, you know, that's where I thought, you know, he was not able to, I mean, it was like, again, I said he was all over and there was a reason. And, you know, when you say like, I think when it's one thing to say, okay, this is what happens when we go through a trauma. And I'm going to go back to my point that I made before that. This is what happens when you go through, when you are, You know, you have to see some event that is so powerful, but there's a background to it that you don't belong to that like a mainstream person may not go through the same trauma because he doesn't have all those attachments to his personality or to his past or ethnicity. So it's a different way of dealing with That's I think that's the main thing for me in the book. What did you guys like about the book? Erin is smacking her face
3: right now. <laughs> I liked, I, I probably liked exactly what Erin doesn't like, but I, I like trying to figure out what's real and like how how the author is representing the different parts of the psyche and like the different kind of aspects of the trauma and how they're feeding into how the, the protagonist is kind of coping with things as they go along. I just I just think it's fascinating, so.
1: You know what I liked about the book? was that he did not judge anybody. He judged himself more than anybody. He did not even at one point say that whites are like this and they do this to us. Or I thought that was really nice. He even talked about the white policeman, how he would have felt. I thought that was a really, I I really fall in love with authors who just present the facts and they don't judge people. And I know those authors are judged a lot because they are like, you know, for example, White Oleander, I don't know if you've read it, a lot of people talk about why did she bring that in the book? But, you know, things happen. You as a writer have to bring things in the book. You as a writer should not be judging. That was my, uh, I think, really the, the point that I loved about the book was that I didn't see him demeaning anybody at all. He, he was himself that he kept on judging.
2: I really like his writing. I don't necessarily like the plot, right? Like I think it was hard for me to relate to. And that was, and also hard for me to tell what was reality. And that's my own, like me dealing with the, <laughs> those things, but his his writing is great. It's very beautiful. I could see what he's describing, you know, I I mean, to the point to, like I said, I couldn't even tell what was, what's real and what's not real. Right. So, I mean, he is an excellent writer and I'd say that's what I liked most. The thing that I didn't like was the plot. That's it. That's
4: all. I agree with uh, what Aaron just said. He's a really good writer. Like the way that he described Soot in the beginning, I've never read something where like I could see and feel and almost touch a character. He just really, really writes well. And even though I didn't, I wasn't satisfied by the ending of the book, I still think he, he met it, his intended purpose. And he did it with some very beautiful language. And, you know, to be a writer, to be an author who's published, and all of that, you do actually have to write well. And he, he really does that.
0: I really liked the journey of this book of trying to figure out what is going on, putting all these puzzles together and just kind of reading it just to read and enjoy it. And that's something I liked.
3: Yeah, I was going to comment on on Nita's comment about the beautiful writing. I, I think my favorite part was when he was just dis- comparing, I guess, or describing um, Soot as the black peacock. So it was like the the sleekness of the feathers and like this raven blackness and like I don't remember all the words that he used, but like that par- paragraph was beautiful. Like you could really see it.
0: So what did you guys not like about the book? I know Aaron, you said you know you didn't like certain elements of it. What about the rest of you? Not like about the book. I didn't like the ending as much. I. It's a little confused at the end. I was like, oh my gosh, So, as a ghost, he's just seeing this character and he's just, all this time he has to come to terms with this shooting in the background and all of that learning. And this kid has been bugging him and it's, this is the kid. And then it's like, they're just having this conversation about his, I guess, Ideology of what it means to be black and living in this world and they're just talking about that kind of a thing. So the ending was a little bit like, okay, that was me. I was gonna, I was gonna
3: um, agree with you on, on that, but I think that is exactly the purpose of the book is that in the beginning, he wasn't in at any kind of terms with his blackness. You couldn't tell he was black. His writing didn't evidence that he was black. He was repressing the black. And then it kind of gets added back in as Sook comes back in and he becomes a little bit more comfortable with it. And then he goes and gets involved. And then at the end, he's having conversations with it. So like, I think that is the journey of the book. Well, I've already
4: said this, that the lack of a nice bow tie at the end is what I was missing from the book. But again, that that was his purpose. So he he achieved that purpose. And I also, I didn't like the Kellys. Like I felt like that it was almost like two books instead of one book. The Kellys and just the, the talk of his romantic relationships it just seemed to feel to me like a second book instead of belonging in this book so I wish it had focused on you know his identity and what it's like to be born Black and male in America.
1: I didn't enjoy reading it I have to say that it was up and down and It was, I know you said, Shanaz, that you enjoyed reading and putting the puzzle together. It it got to some points where it was annoying even. But when I finished the book, everything really, it was like everything fell into place for me. To me, it's a complete book with an amazing message and everything. So like towards the end, even, I just, I fell in love with the book. I want to say towards the maybe last quarter I just thought everything was coming together and I couldn't you know when you start a book you want to know you want to guess it's like okay I'm gonna predict this and this is gonna happen we, I sometimes think we read all the books as we read a murder mystery <laughs> and we as readers are, like to do that and when it reached a point when I was like you know the it's meant to be read in a different way. It's meant to be, it was meant to be kind of, you know, delivered in a different way. So that's, I kind of made that piece with the book and I thought that's when I really, really liked it. But uh, I just didn't like reading it initially up and now. I was like, what's going on, you know? But, you know, everything was compensated for in the end.
0: I do not read a book thinking it's a murder mystery. I don't read every book thinking it's a puzzle that needs to be solved. As I'm reading it, I go with the journey. And if it feels like, oh, I think this book, let's see where this goes. Oh, there's a puzzle here. I'm going to float along with it. The book to me is a journey that I take floating along the river. And as I'm going, you know, there's all these pieces that get in till I get to the destination, you know, like, oh, that's kind of me when I pick up a book. There are times I read a book, I'm going, oh, It's a real murder mystery. Okay, you really got to figure out who murdered this person or. Oh, this genre. Nine out of 10 times, I tend not to read what the book is about. I don't look at the reviews. I just don't want to be clouded because I know myself. I get clouded by other people and I just don't want that. I just was like, okay, one hell of a book. Uh, Okay, weird title, Very, very, very weird title, but okay, I'll read it. You know, if that's what it is, that's what's picked for book club. So that's kind of where I went with it. And I, I go with the journey of it. I I don't know if ever there's a book I read and I'm, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. I want to guess, oh, he is going to go there. And I just, I don't know, maybe I'm just weird that way maybe i'm supposed to be maybe i'm supposed to be this person who is the sweeter who really questions every detail and every sentence and going why did you write that sentence what does that sentence mean i bet that is the sentence that has the clue to the murder I and mean, that's just not me i'm just like oh that's beautiful oh you're going where are you going oh okay i'll go there with you it's it's a journey you you take a flight you fly to Paris, you experience Paris, and then you get on the plane and go to Japan, experience Japan. I'm not going to question why am I going here or why am I going there? I'm just enjoying the ride. And then at the end, I trust that I will have the answer of all these places fit together and be like, oh, I get it. But that's my relationship with the book.
1: Right. And I didn't mean it that way, like we all want to solve a puzzle. What I'm saying is like, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a very typical uh, reader's attitude where you want to be a bit confident about it. What's, you know, the genre or the, you know, where it's going. And I love open ended books and I love thought provoking books. I actually usually don't like books that, that conclude like a really neat, you know, ending and all that. But my point was like, you know, it kind of did that to me where I wasn't like, you know, it was not, I wouldn't call it an extremely enjoyable uh, experience reading at least the first half of the book, which of course changed in the
0: end. Any thoughts about any of the characters, any favorite characters, any characters that annoyed you? I know we discussed some of them. Anybody? I like Soot. I really did. He was just, he was adorable. He was cute. There was um, an innocence to him. I, I loved that where he just went through life being innocent. And it was very tragic, but I I loved him. I I loved him, I just wanted to take him home and hug him and take care of him.
3: Um, I I didn't dislike this character, but um, I wanted to talk for a minute about William and what is it, Grandpa Henry? Um, So the author's dad and, and grandfather and their relationship and how it it was that that story was just very interesting to me how the you know grandfather had said to the father when you're drawing only draw white people um you don't want to draw anybody black um, because that's not going to sell and you need to be successful in this life which means that you need to draw white people and so then of course the father has a hard time coming to terms with his blackness not surprisingly and then um that gets kind of passed on, or at least is attempted to be passed on from grandfather down to the protagonist too. He's like, when you're writing your stories, make sure nobody can tell that they're written by a black person because you want to be able to sell those books. I I thought that was kind of an interesting um, dynamic. Um, But then at at the end when, you know, um, was it, was it the grandfather or the father that was dying? I think it was the father that was dying. He said that he understood his father grandfather's fears at that point um, when he you know saw the um, man being shot on tv and then he like woke up from his you know deathbed and and had all of this fear you know coming back to him and then he he understood you know what he was experiencing at that point why he said those things even though they were causing some trauma I'm gonna just throw
0: a question I know I was talking about character and you know characters you like to dislike While you guys are discussing that, I also want to throw this thought question out there. Do you believe today in America, there are people who walk into a bookstore and if they know for sure that the author is Black versus another book where the author is white, that they know for sure, do you believe in today's America that would make a difference in the book people purchase by knowing the race of the author like today. I do yeah, because
2: absolutely I think so. Yeah. I mean, look at the banning of the books that happened in just like literally right here in what was it Winsville um school district local. So, I mean, a lot of those were black authors and to be honest, like so their quote basically what that school board said, it was a school board member and then I don't know a advisory board of parents and librarians or something. And the advisory board had recommended not to ban these books, but the school board member that was on the committee did recommend to ban it. And then it was voted on by the school board and they originally banned it. That's gone to court now. And they had to repeal the ban. But a lot, I mean, a lot of what they were quoting was well, we're protecting the children. But what, what children, if you look at the list of the books that were banned, What children are you protecting? And from what are you protecting them? And to be clear, really a lot of what they were banning there, it was just black authors. And these were books that are about primarily black subjects, right? Like in the sense of the people in the book are black, but it's not like the bluest eye is not about racism, It's not about black and white relations. It's about a black community. Okay. And yes, there were things that happen in this community, just like there's things that happen in any community, but are they banning books that involve those same subjects that are written by white authors or written about white subjects? And the answer is no, they're not. And so really it was about banning black books. And that is really just taking away representation for that group of students. It wasn't protecting anybody from anything. And to be honest, that wasn't even part of the curriculum. It was just, they were just banning books from the library. Who are the kids that are honestly probably picking those books up more often than other kids? It's probably the black kids that were picking those books up. So really they're just depriving those students of access to representative authors. And that's, that's all they're, doing. So in my mind, yes, I 100% you have enough book banning across this country literally right now in real time. And a lot of it is unfortunately disproportionately affecting Black authors or even, I mean, I would also say white authors that write about Black subjects in their book. That's being banned too. And so I do think it makes a difference. And you don't even have to be writing about anything like There's critical race theory or anything like that, whatever people feel about that. You don't even have to be writing about that. You can be writing about the astronaut that desegregated NASA, and your book's going to get banned in some school districts. And that's just crazy. So yes, it definitely is a, a, something that comes up today for people buying books.
0: And Dr. Healy also put in the chat, and LGBTQI subjects also.
4: So I, thanks to this book club, I go to the library to get my books. So when I was searching for this book, it was there was a wait list of like 20 or 30 people waiting to get this book. And you know how segregated St. Louis is. So towards the east part of the county, the north part of the county, that's where the wait list was. So in order for me to get the book, I had to go to one of many predominantly white suburban libraries to find it. That's how I was able to get the book. And that just really speaks to what Aaron was saying in terms of, you know, who who's reading the book, who's interested in the book, and who's not. I, I got this book from a South County library. Um, they had like three copies not checked out.
0: Wow, there's my answer. I just... Yeah, I mean, there's my answer. There you go. That will that's fascinating, Nina. That that's eye opening. That to say that as segregated as our community in St. Louis is, that you have to go to a white community to pick up a black book because white people do not want to read a book written by a black author. And um, I am going to bring that up, though. There is this whole thing. I think I saw it on Bookstagram, which was like where. People who are white were like saying, well, we don't really identify with that culture or anything like that. So I don't identify with the book. So that's why we rated it low or they've been rating it low. Well, on the flip side, the black people are like, well, we've never identified with any of the books you guys have been putting out. So this is all the book you've ever been putting out is white, never identified with it. And we never rated it low because we didn't identify with it, which was, I just had to bring that up too. I'm really glad we're doing this book for book club because schizophrenia or not, fantasy or not, soot being a ghost or not, whatever, surrealism or not. I think the book does bring up interesting topics of conversation. And so I'm really glad we picked this book and, um, yeah. Okay. Anything else about this book before? Oh, wait, we were talking about characters. You guys never told me about, not all of you didn't tell me favorite characters
1: or characters you didn't like. I didn't dislike anybody, honestly. And I liked the author, if I have to say that, which one I liked best. But then again, it was in to me again it was a book period. just like you said it wasn't about even the emotional trauma it was just about emotional trauma in a certain situation so for me it was a book about characters or anything anything like so but you know and I didn't think I think the book book was like going all over <laughs> that it um so I didn't dislike anybody but he was my favorite person and um I just wanted to say that I, just like you said about uh, surrealism or whatever, that I loved how he just laid out the facts and he did not even say anything about race or something. He was just very matter of fact, just like his own, like, you know, mental condition. He was just saying what he thought, what he saw. And it was, that was a beautiful way of uh, expressing.
4: Yeah, I would agree that uh, Soot is my favorite character You can just tell he's super cute. The other character I liked who also didn't seem to fit into this book was Rennie. Rennie was just, he was a good friend and it seemed like he didn't have to be doing this job, but he did for non-monetary and self-growth reasons. And I just thought that that was really cool.
0: Do we want to do favorite scenes? Mine was not really a favorite scene. I have a few that are memorable going to see the body of soot that was like okay that was that was interesting the white officer at the very end coming up and talking to him about his choices that he made those couple of scenes were were memorable of course there's i know there's the whole police shooting and all that i mean that was i wish i could say they were memorable but it just unfortunately was just like okay all right, police shooting, police shooting. Okay. But but the mortician thing, the suits so body and the white officer coming back, that was um, memorable scenes for me.
4: The memorable scene for me was when the parents were trying to teach the child to be unseen and invisible. That just broke my heart to think about being a parent who has to teach their child to be invisible. I mean, that's just That's just heartbreaking. Most people who aren't black are trying to teach their kids how to stand out. And uh, so that comparison is just, it's
2: heartbreaking. I think one of the most memorable scenes for me was when he like looks at his arm and he's like, oh, I'm black. Like the first time that you realize in the story that there's something going on. Well, I mean, yes, I realized there was something going on before that, but I mean, like, how could you not know that you're Black? So there's really something going on about repression and stuff here. So that, that one was very striking to me. Like, like he's seeing himself for the first time. And what must that be like to not be so grounded in knowing who you are? Because in this circumstance, you really don't feel like you can be who you are. And you've been taught and socialized for so long to not be who you are to the point of not, you know, acknowledging your own skin color. And that was just very, like, eye-opening for me.
1: Yeah, that was a, you know, it was a very powerful scene to me as well. Like, and I was like, oh my goodness, because, uh, you know, again, I was like, how can one forget one's identity but you know maybe things happen that make you do that but Shinaz, I also that was my favorite scene that when he sees the boy in the funeral house that was you know suddenly I was like oh, wow so both of these and there are many other scenes more than the scenes I think I enjoyed or I loved those um, Uh, little sentences that he put like you know you're supposed to behave a certain way because you are you are black or you are capable of less love or less imagination it reduces your creativity so that those were very very heartbreaking and beautiful scenes and not scenes like I said sentences and I loved his writing that way a lot
3: know oh, about favorite but I think one of the more memorable ones for me was when so was on the bus and the kids were teasing him about being black and how dark he was because that just makes you feel like the shame that those kids felt just because of the color of their skin like how how much like anger and resentment like it's put on to them just for, for that. And you can start to understand why people might, you know, want to disassociate from, you know, their, the color of their skin and their awareness of it.
0: I mean, color is, it's important in our society for whatever reason, colorism, it's important in our society and every society, there is that element and there is that element of color reflecting, Intellect, attractiveness. And it's unfortunate, but um, I like how this book makes you think. And I liked the concept of what Nina said in the book about imagine a child having to be invisible. And I kept thinking of soot being so dark that he just vanishes into the night and he just disappears. And it was just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how to process all of it because that I mean Sut is a is an integral character. He's not just black. He's black. He's so black. It's you know that kind of a contrast with the black person kind of a thing. I like what the author did with all of that. Anything else about this book? Things we haven't talked about. Or we're gonna go into cover and title okay rating of the cover of the book nina can you pull it up please the cover of the book and thank you okay and uh, the title of the book oh that's right that's right i remember it yes the cover of the book it's it's a book which is ripped up and it shows the depth of a book the mountains and the valleys the peaks within a book and how Soot has to navigate all of this. And he's standing there. When I look, I remember this now. When I looked at it, I was like, it's brilliant. The cover is brilliant based on what's in the book. I just thought it was very deep. So I'd give the cover a five. The title, hell of a book. You'd really give it a one. Honestly, I was like, I don't want to read this book for book club. Who picks a book that's called hell of a book? I mean, that's the dumbest title ever. I I just, I'm sorry. I'm like, can you be more creative? You're an author. Can you come up with something better than hell of a book? I get it. After reading the book, I can be like, okay, the title in the book is hell of a book, whatever. But still give it a one. Sorry. I... That, that's me. Yeah. Cover is a five, title is a one.
2: I would give the title a five because I did feel like it was, you know, well, I mean, at first you're like, it's intriguing. And I think it may catch some people that wouldn't necessarily otherwise pick up this book like that, that you know, because let's be honest, like we said earlier, there can be biases that people have about what books they pick up. And I don't think that this, and I think this like, it may, it's going to catch people's attention. It's made to catch people's attention in the title. So effective strategy in my mind. I liked the brightness of the the cover page. I didn't read too much into the graphic like you did, but I liked the bold font that they used and the bright colors because again, I think it's going to catch people's attention and, and maybe that was the point in doing it. So I would give the cover a four. I think it's still left a little to be desired for me. But again, I wasn't like thinking, I guess, symbolically or whatever, like you were about it. So
4: I really like the graphic of the little boy climbing the mountains of the book. So I would give the cover a five. The title, I would give a three because when I started reading it for the first third of the book, I was really enjoying it. And I was like, yeah, it's a hell of a book. So I get that that title and then also that the title of his book inside the book is hell of a book so that's why it's titled like this but having finished it for me it just wasn't hell of a book so that's why it's three
1: the I didn't look at the cover much because I did not I mean I should have but I didn't really look at I actually didn't like the title at all I was like why are we even reading a book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, I don't know why or whatever, but there was no uh, indication that this book was going to be so deep. After reading the book, yes, I think it is a very good book and definitely hell of a book. But um, uh, the cover after reading the book, I think it makes so much sense that uh, to me, it seemed like just like his personality, his account was even shredded and, you know, it was not he couldn't even complete that. So I think that was such a beautiful relation to his, the stories, I wouldn't even call a story, just an account or whatever, the reality or, you know, kind of a social condition or whatever you want to say. So I thought the after the fact, both of the things are okay, the graphic or the cover, definitely five, the name. I would never have picked up the book, but after finishing the book, maybe a four or a three, not five, even then, but a cover five.
3: Based on what I've read so far, um, I, I would give both a four. Uh, I agree with um, with all of you. I don't know that I would have picked this book up, like if I saw it on a shelf, just based on the on the title and, and the cover, but I'm glad that I read it. You know, um, I, I thought it was really good. But yeah. And I, I think... I understand now why the title and the cover are the way that they are, but it didn't draw me in. So I I give them both a four. I just have to tell
2: a funny story about the title. So in our family calendar, digital calendar that we have, um, I always put book club and I label it book club and then the title of the book. And, um, you know, of course, what time or whatever that is. So um, I had that on our family calendar. And I guess my husband hasn't picked up on the fact that it's the title of the book that I put there. So of course it's, you know, a hell of a book. And he was, he was saying just a couple of weekends ago, he's like, Oh, I see that you really are excited about your upcoming book club. Like <laughs> what was this book about? You, you know, you really enjoyed it. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what, do you, what made you think that? And he was like, well, you, you said it was a hell of a book. I was like, no, no, it's the title. <laughs> So it was just it was kind of funny. He thought I was just like super ecstatic about this book and we were going to have a dinner conversation about it.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, see I mean I don't know it's it's prosaic. I'm sorry. It's prosaic. I'd still give it a 1. I don't know. Then again, I like simpler titles. I mean, I I mean me, I'm going for a different type of prosaic title. I'd give it like call it soot or something as prosaic as that. So that would be me. But, um, but yeah, so final question: Final rating of this book. You know, do you like it? Did you not like it? Your final, you know, after book club, after processing it, all of that. For me, my final rating, I know on Goodreads, I rated it as a five when I, I looked it up. In retrospect, I don't know if it's a five or a four or a four and a half, I'm still debating. I think the only reason I'd bring it down would be because it was like, at the end, it was just like, oh, okay, it's, this is it. It, It's just blah, blah, blah. And it's a ghost. And this is it. I guess I wanted a different ending. And that's why I might knock it down a little bit to a four, maybe a four and a half. But um, yeah, I still would, yeah, give it that high, which I, and I still recommend people read it. So yeah, that's my thought on that book.
2: Uh, So originally after I finished reading it, I was like, I would give this maybe a three because again, I think I was just like, so just through with trying to understand and relate, but you bring, I mean, after processing with you all and also you brought up a really great, Point, Shanaz, that should I really be rating the book based on my how I related to it because, or you know, how I saw myself in it because I didn't. And I think that that's a fair statement because I really did enjoy his writing, how he wrote, and I thought that he had very vivid writing. And um, I enjoyed some aspects of the book, a lot of aspects of the book, just not necessarily the plot and its relatability to me. So I have now changed it to a four. I'm giving it a four, but I will not, I'm not giving it a five because I think that it would be hard for me to recommend this book just like in general. And also I don't think that I would necessarily reread it. So, and those have traditionally been two of my pieces to get a five. So I am going to stick with a four.
4: I would also give it a four because I would recommend it, but with the caveat of Bending is kind of anticlimactic or something like that. So very well written, excellent artistry and style, which is why I would give it a five, but just my personal satisfaction and what I'm looking for when I read, which is to sort of escape my life for a little bit is a three. So that's why I'm averaging it out to a four
1: yeah Nina, you said right that you know it's 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 beautifully written, but that it's it's hard and you read books to relax. So it was not a relaxing book for sure. But um, I I would give it a five, although I would not recommend it to many people, not because it's not a good book just because I know who to, I would know who to recommend it to and who not to. But that thing is not going to change my rating for that. And I think I'll read it again. I'll listen to it again sometime, maybe in a couple of years. The, the reason I give it five is because it's especially when I compare like the, the book cast. I think uh, Dr. Healy also kept uh, said the same thing. He kept on reminding me of that book. But then I was like, that was a big book, a long book with a lot of facts, a lot of things, you know, were pulled out from the history to write that book. And to me, this book uh, presented the point in a much better way, in a much deeper way than that account. So to me, this book was amazing. I, My, my five for sure.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. It's like the personal impact of, of like the accumulation of all the things that that cast um, happened, like how that affects the individual. So I, you know, based on the two thirds that I've read so far, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, so I don't know that I can give it a five since I haven't completed it. I'll, I'm going to go with a four and a half, but I'll, it might get up to a five by the time that I'm, I'm done with it. I will probably read it again just to see if I pick up on other interesting details that I've missed the first time around now that I kind of know how it's going down. And I, I agree too that I will probably recommend it to people, but just maybe not everybody, <laughs> maybe people that um, kind of know what they're getting
0: into. Dr. Jen, I agree with you. I actually do want to read it again because I feel like There's so much nuance to this book that I'm sure I missed a lot of it. Because when you first read it, like I said, you know, I'm thinking surrealism. I may read it again and look at it in terms of forget all the fantasy, forget all of that and just read it as a straight book. Schizophrenia, mental condition, being Black, just read it straight and see how that goes. I don't know. I this is a book I would really like to dig in and really dissect, and pull out every artery and vein and nerve in it and label it. I don't know why I feel that way. I I would love to read it again at some point.
3: Yeah, I I, I agree. Like there's so much detail and so many so many little things that I've probably missed. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about his writing was just being able to pick up on those little details and say like, oh, I wonder how this little thing fits into this whole big stream of consciousness picture that's going on here, so.
0: Anything else before we close the session?
4: I just wanted to clarify, this is the warrior in me. I said perhaps schizophrenia. So it may not be schizophrenia. I think everybody else made a good case that it could be post-traumatic disassociation. So that's all.
0: Okay. I'll just call it fantasy and let's just call it quits.
4: <laughs> just, just kidding.
0: Just kidding. Rufa here is is like, you should see her screen. She's like, no, no, no. It's like, okay. I, yeah. Come on, Rufa. I've got to be obnoxious at some point. I mean, it can't be just straight me being serious. Oh, oh, thank you. She blew me a kiss. Oh, all right, guys. I'm going to end our book club session for Hell of a Book. So this ends our conversation about Hell of a Book by Jason Mott, And uh, thank you all for joining. So that was Book Club. And now that my voice is back, yay, stay tuned. I'm planning more episodes. And before I go, if you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes please take a moment to write me a review on apple podcasts please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels follow me on facebook and instagram on living a life through books i'm also on clubhouse look me up by name I'm on TikTok. My tag is at Dr. Shanaz Ahmed. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. I'm Dr. Shana Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.